Welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast, where you can listen in on some casual conversation about the good news of Jesus without all of the inconsistent religious double talk. If you've ever struggled with feelings of hopelessness, guilt, and despair, or wondered if you're really right with God, it's time to discover the true freedom that comes with the gospel of unlimited and overflowing grace. Okay, here we go. Growing a Grace at growingandgrace.org. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Joel Brzezinski. Uh They call me the Breeze Man. And uh, Mike Kapler is right there. They call him the Cap. And it's the Growing in Grace podcast where we just mumble our way through talking about things that we don't even understand, right? <laughs> I mean, that's it. You're right. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've, been, I've been told this recently. I mean, I I will admit that even, you know, we've been studying a lot of this stuff for 25 plus years, and that does not mean that we have a perfect understanding of everything that we talk about. It it doesn't mean that. Some Just before we got on here, we were talking about some things that we might um, talk about on future podcasts, and we were kind of going back and forth with some things in, in a sense, and it was interesting because it's like, Several years ago, maybe 10 years ago, some of the stuff that we were talking about, I was not quite sure where I stood on things. Now, I'm a little more solid on where I stand on that particular subject. I won't say what it is. But still, the, the beautiful thing about growing in grace is that you don't have to have your all your T's crossed and your I's dotted. You don't have to have a full understanding of it. There's a general understanding that you want to have. You want to understand that God loves you. You want to understand that the forgiveness that came for your sins is complete and there's nothing you can do about it. It's, you know, you're forgiven, so deal with it. But coming to the whole doctrinal understanding of everything, it's it's a lifetime and, and beyond of trying to grow in, in the understanding of all of this stuff. And, and that's a good thing. I, I think a lot of people from some um, mail that we've gotten over the years, some people are struggling because they really want to get this stuff. They really want to understand. And I get it. But just give yourself time and, and don't force yourself to grow. Don't force yourself to understand things. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the truth to you and listen to good podcasts and read some good books and or whatever. It, but don't worry if you're not totally grabbing onto everything right away. It comes in time. You know, like I said, we've been doing this for 25 plus years and we're still growing in our understanding. So just take the pressure off. Yeah. I, I, that kind of growing that you're talking about it, it, it's an eternal process. It's a forever process. I mean, you know, you, you mm-hmm. mentioned 25 years, we've been doing the, uh, this grace walk thing that we do for more than that. Now, uh, our podcasts, you know, 17 years or whatever, and we think, oh, this is, look at how long we've been doing this. We're so proud of ourselves. But, you know, it, it was just, I think, in the past week, I was thinking about how quickly life is going by. And, you know, the, the kids get older so fast. And, and as you get older, you begin to realize just how quick it's going, our, our very short time here on this planet. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it seems like we've been here forever, but we haven't been here very long and we're not going to be here that much longer. It really does go by fast. But, Joel, I had this just one of these moments where you almost end up in, in a supernatural plateau of some kind 
uh, with the mind. And it occurred to me that even a couple of thousand plus years ago when, when Jesus died from, from then until now really isn't that long. Mm, uh-huh. <laughs> it's, right. it's just not, when I mean, to us it. it seems like a long time ago, but it's really not that long ago. It's not that long ago. And, and the idea of where, where you escape time, you begin to realize that that's just um, a flash in the pan. I mean, it's just a, a blink of the eye. When, when you start thinking about the, the really big eternal picture. Um, so, yeah, hang in there because, I mean, the, these few years that we have here on this earth, these few decades, you know, we, we really uh, will grow in our understanding of the gospel if we uh, receive from the Holy Spirit what he's able to provide for us, uh, to reveal to us where we can get it. But don't get too frustrated about it. I yeah. mean, there's there's a there's a much bigger picture here to to see, and so don't get too caught up, you know, staring at the trees right in front of you. Yeah, and I know that you know some of our listeners because we've heard from these some um, specific um, kind too that have been really really steeped in legalism um, in in their church background, and they feel that they are so. Um, entangled in it. it it has entangled them so much that they'll never ever really come to grasp the love of god and the, and the grace of god well that's just not true i mean that that's a lie um so, uh, and it's and i think part of that comes because you're not getting it quickly you know it's it's the understanding isn't coming as quickly as you'd like and and but the reason for that is because there are those it, the those um, octopus arms really do entangle uh, a person, and, and it can be hard to pry them to get them pried loose. And there's a lot of deconstruction um, from things that you've learned in the past, and they do have a psychological, mental, if emotional effect on people, and that that's all true. So you know, I n- never want to deny that, um, and it can take time to work through some of that stuff. But but do give yourself time because there is freedom. There really is. It's real freedom. Christ came to set people free, even people who have been entangled, deeply entangled in this mixture of law and grace, or uh, you know, deeply entangled in in law and rules. Um, there is freedom, and it's it's coming. Uh, it just it does take time. So it's yeah. You know, I could go on and on about that, but I just want to encourage people that. You can grow in the grace of God and in the knowledge of Jesus through the way that God has intended for us to grow in it in this lifetime. And like you say, beyond. So it's a long time. It's an eternal process. Yeah. I mean, there's there's mysteries on the other side that we'll, we'll figure out when we get there. But in the meantime, um, God does desire for, for us to, to come to a greater knowledge of the truth that is found in the person enveloped in truth, and that's Jesus Christ. So, you know, we've been talking in, in the book of Hebrews, and, and uh, this is one book, but it's not the only one. It's not the only letter in the New Testament where if, if you just get focused in on a verse here and there, you can really miss out on what's being talked about. So there's things in Hebrews 10 where we left off, Joel. There's a, a lot of things where the writer is saying some things, but there so many of them are follow-ups to um, little blips that he provided for us in, in previous chapters, right. um, even even earlier in the letter, but especially the last few chapters here leading up to uh, chapter 10. And I, I think we, we were making some points last week about uh, the sacrifice of Christ 
the sacrifice of Christ, it ended all the offerings. It provided the people who were under the law. You see, because under the law, they, they were under a sin consciousness. They were constantly conscious of their sins and constantly having to go back and, and seek renewed forgiveness for sins, more animal sacrifices, more blood. And it was just an ongoing, but it, could, it was always two steps forward, uh, three steps back. You know, it was just mm -hmm. always that process. They could never get to where they needed to be in a place of righteousness. And, and Jesus, the, sac the one sacrifice, not the, the many sacrifices under the old uh, contrasting with the one sacrifice of Jesus, um, that one sacrifice took away that sin consciousness. The blood of the animals, it could not take away sins. The blood of Jesus did take them away. The old sacrifices brought a reminder of sins. The sacrifice of Jesus was meant to, to um, do the opposite of that. And so in verse 5, it says this, therefore, when he came into the world, Jesus, he said, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you had no pleasure. Then I said, behold, I have come in the volume of the book or the scroll of the book. It is written of me to do your will, O God, previously saying, sacrifice and offering, burnt offerings, and offerings for sin, you did not desire, nor had pleasure in them, which are offered according to the law. Uh, but behold, I have come to do your will, O God, and he takes away the first, that, that is the first covenant, that may, he may establish the second. And Joel, I'll let you step in here, but yeah, you know, some people will say, well, God never desired sacrifices. Well, that's true, but remember that sacrifices started long before the law, right, Joel? I mean, they started mm -hmm. as soon mm -hmm. as man fell, uh, God was trying to provide a, a temporary solution that would eventually lead to Christ. Right, and and I think that the writer really points out, makes a point here in verse 8, that the sacrifices and offerings that God had no pleasure in were the ones that were offered according to the law. Mm -hmm. And as the writer says here previously in chapters 9 and 8, and, and, and in the part of the book leading up to this, all of this was a shadow. You know, it was a type of what was to come. The shadow is not what God was interested in. It was pointing to what God was interested in. And what God was interested in was what he willed. The, what you just read there from chapter 10, verses 5, 6, and 7, Jesus said that he came into the world to do his will, to do God's will. So this whole thing with forgiveness, God providing forgiveness, God providing the the taking away of our sins was God's will. It was God's idea. It was his plan. He willed for this to happen. It wasn't because we were contrite about our sins. It wasn't because we were sorry for our sins. You can be contrite for your sins. You can be sorry when you've done something wrong. But it's not because of that that you've been forgiven. Jesus said... Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. And what was God's will? It says just previously, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. This body, the body that Christ was in, was sacrificed as an offering to God. That was what God willed. That was what he desired. 
And that was the sacrifice that provided for the forgiveness of sins for all of mankind. And in order to receive that, you believe, of course, in in Jesus Christ. And the point that I want to make here is that it was God's will. Verse 9, then he said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first. Uh, Like you said, it was the first covenant, the old covenant, that he may establish the second. And as we've gone through in recent weeks, the reason for that is because in the old, it was the blood of bulls and goats that could not take away sins. It was priests who lived and died and lived and died and lived and died. And what they did could never actually take away sins. So the first had to be done away with. And also in chapter 8, it says God found fault with the people through that first covenant because they couldn't hold their end of the bargain. They couldn't keep their end of the covenant. And so he needed to establish a second covenant, and the new, what we know as the new covenant. And by that will, verse 10, God's will and all of these things that happened, the body prepared for Jesus, the sacrifice and everything, by that will, not by our will, not by our what we do, not by our works, by that will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. That's just magnificent. That's something that I just wish that the people of the body of Christ would all come to collectively understand because I think it would just put to end a lot of the the pain and suffering that happens in, in the lives of so many believers who are just not sure about their salvation and they fight and argue over you're saved, you're not saved, or I've done this, is this sin too much to put me uh, into hell or, or whatever. All of this settles that it. it's the sacrifice of Jesus Christ that's provided all of this stuff for us. Anything uh, left as we finish up for this week, Cap? There's always something left, Joel. <laughs> There's always more. <laughs> we may have to have some leftovers here. Uh, to, to wrap up on what you finished there in verse 10 of Hebrews 10, uh, it's by that will of, of God that we have been sanctified. You know, the religious business is always trying to tell people to get sanctified. Uh, you need to do this, you need to do that to get sanctified. It's, ju- it's the same thing with the forgiveness factor. You need to be sorry. You need to turn from your sins. You need to reduce your sin count. You need to confess your sins. All of these things, all of these uh, you know, these stipulations and, and these requirements in order to be forgiven, instead of realizing it came through the finished work of Jesus Christ, the final sacrifice, the shed blood of Jesus. Well, sanctification came the same way, unearned the righteousness of God as a gift, sanctification as a gift, forgiveness as a gift, eternal life. It's all wrapped up in what Jesus has done and not what we do. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski, heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. Access past programs by visiting growingingrace.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.